Welcome back to the Character Corner with your hosts, Chris and Deepom here. And um, yeah, folks, we're doing something different with the Character Corner normally. Uh, we take our you know, comic book character, maybe a, a team of characters, and um, we go through their comic book history, and we do that here. Uh, in 2018, I want to start doing something different. Uh, I, I know I definitely want to start doing, focusing on some creators and kind of covering some of their stuff uh, that they covered and did. Like, I actually think our, our Batman uh, episode we did last year, we could have done, uh, last week, we could have done, like, the entire episode just on Bill Finger, right? <laughs> and at some point, we might have to go back and just do that. And talk about this man, his life, and what he's do, doing. You do, do a, a, a either a watch along or a um, review of the Batman and Bill documentary. Yeah, something like that. So, like, I have some different ideas of, or, or things like that we want to do going forward. Um, but I also wanted to take some time. Sorry, you said what now? Docu drunk crossover. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they'll be inter- as, as hyped up as we would be <laughs> for some of this. Um, but like, yeah, so we wanted to do. Um, you know, this year is going to be the 10-year anniversary of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, I really thought that, because I think a lot of people have asked us, if you know, to kind of go through, like, the status of the MCU and things like that and what's going on with it and, you know, how we got here. And we've we kind of done a little before in some of our Marvel character uh, character rights podcasts we've done. I think we've done two of them. Um, but... I think it's different to kind of sit down and really spend the time to focus on what Marvel Studios created with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, what all the films are involved in it, you know, what kind of give a brief overview of them, the different phases, the three different phases, who's involved, how we got to this point, and just kind of break that down because I think that when you look back at it, you know, and I'm seeing I've I've seen some 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 of these articles about it like Oh yeah, of course it was gonna happen. It was just uh, yeah, they've done. You know, they, it's been ten years, and you, you think about all the stuff that Marvel hasn't done and hasn't done. It was like it's taking them ten years to get a Black Panther movie, and I'm like, you guys don't understand how incredible that is. Like, ten years in the film industry is not a long time. Like that is that that is you are still newbies, and to put this into perspective. It's been 18 films in 10 years. By the time by the time Infinity War comes out, should be uh actually no, I'm sorry. It'll be 19 films by the time Infinity War comes out. Uh and at this point, we're I would say right now I've seen the number at 14.8 billion. It's over 15. And by the time Infinity War comes out, it'll be 16 billion dollars. This makes it the highest grossing film franchise of all time. And I don't yes. think it's close. In ten yeah. years, like th- it is, this is going to be something that twenty years from now, people are going to go back and study what Marvel Studios did because it is abnormal, and you're seeing this in terms of. Um, other studios trying to copy it. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, to be fair, Marvel Studios has been around for longer than 10 years. I'm talking about when they just started producing and making their own films. That's only been right. 10 years. So, for, so prior to that, they were basically co-producing or co-branding with New Line, with the seven-year deal with Fox, with Sony to promote their other properties. But as a standalone, we make movies studio, 10 years is what we're talking. Yeah. 
You know, started at as Marvel films. I think it was between what were the years on that? Let me hold on. Let me see. The years were Marvel. It was three years. It was Marvel films at first uh, from nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety six. They became Marvel Studios uh, in nineteen ninety six, and this is when they started um, licensing licensing out their films that produced by other studios. You know. So we got Blade. Blade was the first one uh, under that. We believe that was with New Line, wasn't it? Was Blade with New Line? Please, mm-hmm. please with New Line, yeah. And then they did the X Men deal. They had Daredevil, Elektra, uh, Fantastic Four, and Spider Man, uh, Namor, and I, I remember we brought this up during our last thing. Prime, <laughs> he had Universal Studios. I completely always forget that they got Prime. I don't know why I forget that, but like, yeah, um, and. That's how it went. Like, I mean, to go back even further, I mean, up to this point, I around this time, Marvel itself as a company was struggling. Mm-hmm. When was the bankruptcy? Was the bankruptcy in 1996? 90, 98. 98? Yeah. yeah. They're facing bankruptcy. You know? And, and they went into selling and licensing their films as basically a way to save Marvel. And other studios took advantage of them, which is why I kind of feel like, you know, Marvel is getting that sweet, sweet revenge <laughs> on all the other studios right now. Because they got taken advantage of, you know, they I, had, I was wrong. You're right. It was 96. I apologize. It was 96. I, I kinda, and, yeah. And, it, and people say, oh, no, that was restructuring bankruptcy. No, no, no. They, they laid off a third of their company. Yeah. It was, it was it, the idea that Marvel wouldn't exist. There were talks existed about DC buying Marvel. I remember this. I remember this. Yep. My how times have changed. <laughs> and it went wrong, and 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 it, and it went so wrong so fast. Yeah, because things they tried out out of that didn't work. They did um. They had a Marvel restaurant, Marvel Mania. Mm-hmm. Didn't go well. When did they? When did they sell the Marvel character rights to like Universal for Universal Studios? Because that's why you have those those aging old Marvel Marvel uh, rides in the Marvel section of Universal Studios in Florida. Have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that stuff has not been updated or aged. Or, or, or age well in I haven't been there since it opened originally and the Hulk roller coaster was the most fun thing in the world to like a, uh, I think a 13 year old me it's still fun trust me I, I was, I, was I went there a couple years ago it's still it's still fun don't get me wrong the Hulk no, thing is still but fun like, you're but right now this is the time where the, the rights are getting sold left and right Blade made 70 million dollars at the box office mm-hmm. Marvel made 25 grand off of that oh yeah Marvel makes no money made no makes no money off of those movies they were making money only they were making more money off of the licensing of the commercial products the merchandising that's where they made their money cuz they made absolutely no and you know what you're right for for blade it was like for small things like blade that made blade did all right i mean all right cool you can kind of live with that but then in 2000 when the x-men dropped and then 2002 when you got spider-man the first spider-man movie I think Spider Man's probably the one that really did it to him, because Spider Man. Okay, this is ridiculous. Yeah, because in Spider, how much money did Spider Man make? Hold on, let me see the Spider Man film franchises. 
Um, cause I want to see how much, cause how much these films grossed. Let me see. Come on, you guys gotta have it here. You got the grosses. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Spider Man made eight hundred and twenty one million dollars. Spider Man Two made seven hundred eighty three million dollars. Spider Man Three is still the highest grossing uh worldwide uh Spider Man film at eight hundred and ninety million dollars. I don't remember I, I I didn't look up the bottle looking up the, the articles that, that say this, but if you can find them where they tell you how much money Marvel made off of those films and you feel embarrassed for Marvel. Yeah. That's what it that's what it did it for him. Because it's like you're not making any money off of these films. You're seeing everybody else profit off of and you're and you're sitting there going, you have a studio, you have Marvel Studios, you have Marvel Films, later on Marvel Studios, you have this there, and you're literally going, everybody's making money off of this shit, but us. Because here's the thing, even with X Men, X Men didn't X Men didn't really hit them that much either. Because X Men they made again, not 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 too bad because the budget was only seventy five million dollars. They made just under three hundred million dollars. So you're like, oh, okay, I can live with that maybe. But then when you get a film franchise in the Spider Man that comes out two years later that almost makes a billion dollars. That redefines superhero movies. That redefines superhero movies, and you're going and you had you again. Th- this is also why Marvel's been able to produce those films. That's why you had the Marvel name in front of them. Um, uh, I, I know we'll get into Kevin Feige later, but he was a he was a, uh, a, a one of the assistant producers on the X Men franchise. Cause, you know he studied under, he, he not studied under he was he was um, an assistant uh, assistant to. Um, uh, Donner, uh, was a uh, uh, Laura, Laura, Laura or Lauren Donner? I can't remember her name. Uh, Laura Donner. Laura Donner. I think. Donner. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lauren Don- Donner. Uh, Lauren Schuler uh, Donner. Uh, he assistant to her. He was a exec- he was associate producer on the first X Men films. You know, uh, at this time, uh, uh, Ari Arid, Arid was uh, also working. I think I can't remember where his position was in Marvel Studios, but he was part of Marvel Studios. So, like Marvel Studios did have a hand in these films, but they were still the properties and the distribution belonged to those other studios. They belonged to Sony. Well, they belonged point, to that point. It was still Marvel Films. Uh no, because the Marvel Films ended at ninety six. Marvel Studios launched officially in 05 behind the Merrill Lynch deal. I think that they were there before. They just okay. weren't. Yeah, no, they were. They they were there before. They just weren't. They weren't producing their own films. The Merrill Lynch All deal right. was to allow them to produce their own films because that's what they happened. It's like they were like, "Fuck! Why is everybody making these own films? We have a studio, but their studio is not, you know, not doing any. They're, they're not actually." Producing this film, so technically, Blade, I believe, is a uh, Blade was the first film that was that was licensed, produced under Marvel Studios, but not distributed by them. They got, they didn't get money off of them. The money went to New Line. It, it, same thing with right. X Men and things like that. That's why you had, you know, um, Kevin Feige involved in X Men and stuff like that. But they didn't have the creative say in it that the main studios did. So they were there. But I think the Marvel Studios that we think of today is the one that came, right. like you said, 2005 with the Merrill Lynch deal. Where they were like, fuck this shit. Everybody's well, it wasn't up. even that. It was, it was crazy because there's um, a talent agent named David Mazel who's actually thanked in the title card of Age of Ultron. And he and in 03, he went to Marvel and said, hey, since your best assets are giving 
why give away your best assets when you can make money off of them? But you got to remember, this is a company coming off of bankruptcy, coming that had just recently turned the corner back into profitability. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, of, of taking that risk wasn't really it didn't really have traction so for two years mazel kept pushing this idea this 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 theory that we can do this there was this idea <laughs> well i'm serious well in 05 right the board said let's give the plan a shot seven year 525 million dollar financing deal with merrill lynch with launch marvel studios so they could produce and create their own movies to get that move to get that money though they had to put up collateral the properties they put up as collateral captain america the Avengers, Nick Fury, Black Panther, Ant-Man, Cloak and Dagger, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, Power Pack, and Shang-Chi. Mm -hmm. If they lost, if, if this failed, Merrill Lynch would own all 10 of those characters. Mm -hmm. Another wrench came in, though. The problem was, Iron Man was still owned by New Line. But two months after the deal was announced, Marvel got the rights back because they expired. Mm -hmm. But because my Iron Man wasn't part of the financing deal, they couldn't use that money to make Iron Man. So they took their own money and did it themselves. <laughs> so when people tell you, people try to say, oh no, the Marvel Studios deal was a big deal. And the, no, no, no. Iron Man happened because Marvel said, fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. <laughs> right? Like, what do you they think? couldn't touch the 525 legally here's because Iron Man was a part of that deal. Here's the crazy thing about this. When you when you think about, and we'll get into more of the, the movies involved in these phases, when you look at it, they're actually kind of sometimes a meta commentary on how Marvel Studios came about. You know, it's a Marvel. The Marvel Studio story is a Marvel story. It's yeah. crazy. It's the, the from the there was this idea that we could take <laughs> these individuals and make something special to fuck it. I'll do it myself. Like all of this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll get just like it. It, it is, it is truly in fucking incredible. Like people, people think that we exaggerate. We tell you that the true story behind Marvel Cinematic Universe is crazier than you could ever believe. The story I just told you is they put up ten properties to get financing for a studio. That they, the first movie from that studio could not use the money they that they raised. I, <laughs> bravo. It, it, it is the luckiest. And, and that's the thing that people don't get. People say, why can't DC do this? Why can't the Universal Monsters do this? Why can't Pacific Rim, hopefully, dear God, do this with Godzilla? Oh, my God. Let me see Jaeger punch Godzilla in the face, please. Um, <laughs> you have to understand the corner Marvel was in. They were watching the their IP Make other people millions of dollars. Yo, they were they were they were scrawny ass Steve Rogers when he was getting beat up in that in I that don't corner like bully. <laughs> they were getting beat up by a bully going, I can do this all day. Like that is what Marvel Studios was. And but 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 to be serious, you're absolutely right that I, I think that it it really is it's almost unfair to the other studios because you have to understand that I, I think that we make what Marvel did seem so easy that we don't really you have to go into the struggles and the difficulty they had to do this to show that listen like you know 
they had they had their backs against the wall. No other studio has really been in that position has to do that where, you know, you're literally betting the farm. If this doesn't work, you guys, you know, WB makes a Captain America movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Captain America presented by Warner Brothers. Like, this is where they were at. And no other studio from WB and DC to, you know, uh, Sony with the Spider-Man and, and, and X-Men. Like, here's the thing. As, as be, without, the, without the MCU and without what, what Marvel Studios did, I don't think you see the struggles that Warner Brothers. Well, you might see the struggles, but I don't think it's as pronounced as what we see now. Like people don't go over, aren't going. What is Warner Brothers doing right now? Because people just been like, oh, they flopped another film. Okay, whatever, and they go about their business. Nope. Now you see the success, and everybody goes, well, why didn't you just do that? And it's like, well, you kind of need to go through bankruptcy. You need to put up all your characters for for collateral, and then literally. You have to get a group of individuals that you bring them together. It's literally the Avengers story. You bring them together and they just work. From uh, Mazel coming out with the idea first to Kevin getting Kevin, promoting Kevin Feige up from where he came from. Because I think the biggest thing that people forget about Kevin Feige is Kevin Feige is a movie guy. He is a nerd. He is a complete fucking nerd but this is a guy who went to i can't remember what school it was like uh california school of cinematic cinematic school or something like that he applied for that school for five fucking times and got rejected five times got in on the sixth try like this is a man who wanted to do this but he is a film guy he studied under donner you know he he this is a man who's been involved in the film industry and knows how this works just so happens that he also is a huge fucking marvel nerd the chances of finding a person like that is hard, man. That has the skill to understand what they're doing as a producer and came up with, the, like I said, the school he went to was a school that I think that had George Lucas and other people went to for the school. So it's like he went to a great school. Then he's an assistant under Donner who then helps put him onto X-Men. And he's the reason why you find out that why did Wolverine look like Wolverine in that first X-Men movie? Feige. You know? And so when you see this and you see the struggle and, and how he got up there, so you get him, and, and we're gonna get into more movies later, but then you when you get uh Favreau, then you get fuck you you take the chance on Robert Downey Jr. Like, yes, Robert Downey Jr. was on his way back up, but he had not had a blockbuster since coming back. I mean, to the point of I think in two thousand uh, it was it was around the time, it was a little bit before he got cast. You know, he had to get somebody else to pay his insurance. I think it was Mel Gibson paid his insurance for him, right? To to because he was an uninsurable actor, and this is the guy you went after to lead your franchise. This is the guy they like. Everything fell into place here, and at any moment, if they had gotten the wrong person in there, I mean, even to the point of, and we talk we talk shit about Ike Mutter all the time. Ike is the one that backed uh, Mizell's plan and also supported Kevin Feige getting that. Because Eric left. Eric left. He, he he wasn't sure about it. He left uh, and and I, because Ike didn't back him on this one. So as much as we give shit for, you know, Ike, Ike Pullmutter, and I understand that why we give him shit. Um, he, earned it. He, earned it. he definitely has earned it. 
he also does have a role in how we got here. I mean, it's just like, it feels like the luckiest shit ever. Like this is, it, this got started off of determination and at some points just pure fucking luck. Pure fucking luck. You know? And I think that those circumstances are hard for any studio to um to back up. I think it's hard. So right. yeah. So yeah, I I just man, it's a lot. It's definitely definitely a fucking lot. Um let's see. Uh so we talked about the 10 films and in 2005 when they decided to, to pr- produce their own uh, they also got Black Widow back because uh, Black Widow was over at Lionsgate. Yep. And Lionsgate uh, Entertainment dropped, uh, didn't go to production, so the, the the rights for that dropped in there. Um, five Everything e- just broke their way because things were yeah. timed out. Yeah. I, I always say that the idea came in 03 and they decided to do it in 05. I think the way it was, it, it, of course it was hesitance, of course it was worry, but part of it was also lining it up to where once you've announced, you've given these people who own the rights to other characters no time to, to, to uh, mobilize their own their own production. Because mm-hmm. the rule is if you have it in your production by the time it expires, the rights revert. And like we said, the Iron Man rights reverted two months after the announcement. There's not enough time to get a production up and running. Right. Because to have a production legally up and running, you have to have filed scripts, you have to file shooting plans. Like it's uh, production is a thing, and there was no way for them to allow themselves to be undercut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 <clears throat> so I'm trying to see if there's anything else I want to get into before we get into these phases. Uh, yeah, at this point, uh, Feige is now. So Feige became president of production, uh, production of Marvel Studios in 2007. Uh, he was second in command in 2000, and um, yeah, we've seen how that's worked out <laughs> since then. Um, so uh, want to start going through the phases, and we can talk about this movies and how we got here, and kind of the overall plots and and, and things like that, and how uh, they start. We start adding them into. Infinity War. I think I think it's about time to start doing that. Um, well, and we'll do this stuff outside of the movies uh, separately. We'll, we'll we'll still mention those and bring those in, but we'll uh, handle those a little a little separately. Uh, let me see. What am I looking for here? Uh, obviously, the first one, uh, Phase One, uh, was Iron Man. And again, I, I'd like to go back and just say. <sighs> Iron Man was not a like it was it was not a done deal. It it was not like, oh yeah, that's going to be a hit. Like I don't I know back when when this came out cuz so this this is, you know, when they first announced they were doing Iron Man, I remember the the general reaction going, "Hey, you fucking Iron Man?" It was why why are you doing Iron Man? Why why are you doing Iron Man? You're gonna do the Avengers? Okay, I guess. <laughs> okay. You know, they got, you know only, only do the Avengers because you can't do X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is because they sold all their rights and they don't have anything. Good luck, Marvel. Hmm. Yeah. That's what that was. So when people go, oh yeah, I mean they started with Iron Man, it was just great. It was gonna be great. 
No, and also, like, you know, they got uh, John Favreau, who, you know, people like, but at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get him to do this. All right. That's not fair. I think John Favreau was a get for them. I think no, it was the guy a, that swing. Like John Favreau was a get. Like no, but you're right. Like I think that that, that while Favreau was a get, Danny Jr. was a whisper. Like I don't know. Man. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like this whole entire thing. It was just like it wasn't that people were like saying that it could be bad. It was just like it was yeah. It, it was more like the I don't know, guys. Like it was one of those type of deals. It was just like sure, okay. Like this idea that somehow it was going to blow the roof off like it does now. Like, now, I, I was not in, because I believe they did it, this, when was the San Diego Comic-Con thing for them? When they de- debuted, I want to say it was 20, 2007. Because I remember when the, I remember watching the leaked San Diego Comic-Con. This, this is how you knew that Marvel Studios hadn't gotten to where they are now. There was leaked footage from the, from the, from the, from their panel for, for uh, Iron Man. It was actually pretty good too. You can see most of it, right? <laughs> you know, not like today where you gotta get the shaky cam and people got if they if they get anything from the Marvel panel, you're lucky. But like most of the times, it's like you know you you're not trying to you're not trying to get kicked out because they got security out there. So you saw it, and people were just like, "I mean, okay, I mean it it looks like Iron Man." That's a, like seriously, my first reaction was, "Well, it, at least it looks like Iron Man." Because, at this, again, at this point, I'm not used to, particularly somebody like Iron Man, I wasn't used to them actually going the way they would go. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, Robert Downey Jr., they did get a, they, they got an alcoholic playboy to play Tony Stark. So, um, <laughs> at least they cast right, you know, but we're still like, I don't know how this is going to work out. And the movie was a fucking hit. Yo, it it was something that we I don't think we thought was really possible because one yes he 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 uh, Daddy Junior and Favreau were able to encapsulate what Tony Stark is who Tony Stark is and kind of bring his world to the big screen but they also in a way redefined the character they pushed Tony closer to Robert Downey Junior and they found that medium that used June Downey's own natural charisma with the appeal of the futurist, the appeal of the man who's on the cutting edge. And they made a movie out of it. And because they didn't have to worry about major story beats or redefining the character, they had to massage the edges. The storyboards they worked from are the comic books. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They said, let's just take what Stan and Jack did and put it on the big screen. And it's, amazing. People react to it. it's, am- it's amazing that nobody <laughs> before them thought this, right? It's like, well, we have the story already. It, it, it's but crazy. The story's only stood the test of time, been retold and resold millions of times across the world. Why would we think it would translate to a larger stage? I don't know because we're idiots. So honestly, here's the thing: I, I, I when I did my review for Tomb Raider, it's one of the the biggest problems I have with Tomb Raider. It's not bad, but I couldn't help but think it's like, guys, you have the story already, and it's love. Just take that. Yes, you got to make some changes here and there. And I always hear people say, well, the MCU makes changes and Marvel makes changes. Like, yeah, but not as many as you think. And even the quote unquote big ones are either done because of, and and we'll get to this later on, you know, something's a little racist or 
they fit more into the story they're telling in the MCU, but they still keep the core and 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 the themes of that story. So the core is there. Like that's what you have to do. And it's like they they they, they just didn't get it. Like I remember when I when when I saw the first like full trailer because I saw the I saw the leaked trailer for Iron Man, you know, from from San Diego Comic Con, you could barely see anything. But then I remember, I think it was like September, October, they released the first actual trailer for Iron Man, and and I brought this up when I was talking about um, you know the Venom trailer and how bad the Venom trailer is. I was like in the le- in the in the in the full actual release video uh, trailer for for Iron Man, the first one. You see all three Mark suits. You see the Mark One, Mark Two, and Mark Three. You see him flying in the suit because they basically tell you, "It's like, hey guys, we're actually doing this." So when you get that scene of him flying with two F twenty twos on the side of him, you're like, "Wait a minute, that's Iron Man." And that's when you kind of sit up in your seat, going, "Hey, um." What's the studio again? Who, what Marvel's doing this? <laughs> they, because that looks like Iron Man. Like they actually, like first with the Mark One suit. You're like, wait a minute, they actually got the Mark One suit. Hold up, who are these people? What are they doing? That's the arc. Re- like, you know, this is this is kind of weird. And 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 I'll say this, like to me, Phase One felt like, and, and as we get into more of the movies, Phase One felt like introducing us to all these characters. That's what it was, right? Introducing us to all these characters and setting us up for, you know, the Avengers and, and getting to this point. Um, but they also still followed some some story beats because up until, so for, for the first two films, Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk, uh, Eric still had producer credits on them. Um, and I still see some, some story beats that kind of reminded me of some of the things that plagued early superhero films, which I can honestly say across the board from whether I like the films or not from Tom DC or Sony or not. And even Fox, they don't do this anymore. And, and Iron Man did it. It's the one thing I always hate where they have the deep power of the hero. <clears throat> and so they did it in this film too, where they had a deep, they, cause uh, you know, Iron Man's in here and he has to end up putting, he gets, um, uh, uh, stain and, and kind of takes his old, uh, uh, um, arc reactor and so he has to use the the one he got from the mark one so it's not power so he's not at full power when he fights the villain this is a trope that happens in every fucking like just about every fucking like comic movie before this time um it still felt like i can't believe they did it and when you think about the limited stuff they were working with like they had to finance this film on their own what was the budget on iron man Budget on Iron Man was $140 million. They were still putting some money behind this. They had to finance this film all by themselves. Like, you can understand why they had to kind of do some things in the story to do this, but it still felt different. So while I still had those story beats from things before, it felt different. Because I remember the first time I saw the X-Men film from 2000. And and I, like, again, it was the X-Men on screen. I was happy. But at the same time, I was like, man, it is. they barely use their powers. Like I don't know, man. It's just they 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 gave them black black leather costumes. Like it's just it's the X Men, yeah. But I mean, it's better than what we got before. You know, it's it was kind of like how I felt with um uh, uh Tomb Raider, where it's like, well, I mean, 
It's better than the. It's better than what I we could have expected. We could have gotten that Gen X, uh, Generation Next, whatever the fuck that that fucking TV uh, movie was. That was fucking god awful. You know, it could have been that. So, but Iron Man, like, they did it. They made Iron Man. And you're watching the film, you're excited, but then you hear them say, well, you got to see after the credits. Where you got to see after the credits? Just stay after the credits. There's an after credit scene. You got to see the after credit scene. <laughs> All right, cool. Whatever, whatever this. And that's when you see Sam Jackson and Nick Fury wanting to talk to Tony Stark about the Avengers Initiative. And you lose your fucking mind. Because you're, wait, wait a minute. Wait, we're... Like we, you well, had well, known before, you get dropped off throughout. Like you get Phil Coulson, oh Phil Coulson, right. you get Phil Coulson dropping Shield references the whole time. You get there's the hints that felt like that they were the winks and the nods to us, like Wolverine right. and Canadian. Like it felt like those were nerd winks. Like yeah, there could be a larger world, but you know, hey, this is for you guys. Mm-hmm. But to have Sam Jackson appear to own to bring Sam Jackson for a stinger. And they hadn't said the words Avengers Initiative. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was more than a wink and a nod to the fans. It was a, there's a fucking plan here. And if, and if this movie had bombed, it would have just been great fodder for what ifs for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bomb. It made half a and million And it's not dollars. fodder for what ifs. Yeah. It's 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, also, we forget, also that year, uh, a month later, came in The Incredible Hulk. Now, I think this is a film that gets, how do you feel about The Incredible Hulk? The Nord one? Yeah. You said one? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's good. Yeah, I, I think this film got judged because people... So Marvel did a weird thing with The Incredible Hulk. They didn't... They kind of did a soft reboot because you got to remember the Angley Hulk film, Babyface Hulk, as I like to call it. Uh, the, the Babyface Hulk film came out in 2003, I believe. So they got the... the and, and, and the Hulk rights are very... Still very weird. Marvel can use uh, uh, the Hulk, uh, but Universal retains the right of first refusal to distribute, which is why you won't anytime soon see a Hulk film. Because at this point, why would any studio refuse to distribute a Marvel Studios? Also, also, I think the Norton Hulk film kind of pointed out to me the problems of doing the Hulk. Yeah. It's you've got the guy running from the thing we want to see the entire time. Right. And so it's just not entertaining to watch someone fight the, the titular character internally. So I think that the niche they found with the Hulk where he plays this very adaptable, uh, growing, because you watch, we watch the Hulk, the character evolve mm-hmm. to being able to speak, to be able to, 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 he's becoming more of a person. And I think that's been good for us as the audience and for the development of the Hulk that he's been able to have a through line through these movies that you can easily trace without yeah. having to say, here's Hulk 2 and all the pressure that comes with that. Right. And so I, I'm with you. I, I think The Incredible Hulk gets a lot of uh, unnecessary. I, I think I think it's a way better film than people will give it credit for. One, it redefined the Hulk, and it, and it did a soft reboot. So the the uh, Ang Lee Hulk film kind of ends with Bruce Banner out in uh, out of the United States and having problems uh, after having fought. Um, I think in New York and things like that. The the Incredible Hulk kind of takes over from there. But isn't related, and I think that's what threw people off. I think if they had done a clean slate reboot, people might not. It might have been reviewed better. But I kept seeing. I remember those reviews. People kept trying to relate it to 
the baby baby Hayes Hulk film. And even then, people for the for the longest time, I think they've stopped doing this. But for at least the first two phases, people kept bringing up that first Hulk film as a Marvel Studios film, at least produced film in this in this in the MCU, and it wasn't. And I think it's because of the way they did this. Um, there were also some production problems, like uh, Ed Norton apparently is an asshole and just wants a lot of work, and and he was difficult to work with, wanted to take over stuff, and um, yeah. But it gave us you. you the, the thing I saw saw in that film is one again the, for that time, the CG was pretty fucking amazing, and we had a CG fight between uh, Abomination and uh, the the Hulk, and that was two thousand eight. The DCEU's CG is on par with the Incredible Hulk from two thousand eight, guys. That's very fair. I've rewatched that recently. That's, you know what, the Incredible Hulk, it, it holds up okay because it was then. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm being very generous here to say that because I think when you look at the time it was put out, it's not bad. And you got some really classic moments, like the moment of 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 them dropping a a, a strapped in Bruce Banner to a to a gurney, dropping him out of the helicopter to have him turn. That's straight out of the comics. Like again, Marvel Studios stayed with doing things straight out of the comic books to give you this feel. And I mean, they brought in a lot of different things that we haven't. I mean, they brought in Thunderbolt, uh, Thunder, uh, Thunder, um, Thunderbolt Ross. We got Ross. We got. Um, they haven't really come back to this yet. I would love for them to. They brought in who was the who? What's the the actual name of the guy who plays the leader? Um, I can't remember what his actual his character's right. normal name is, but. They basically hinted at the leader being brought in there. They gave us uh, the abomination. Like it, it was actually, it's actually a pretty good movie. Like I think it gets unnecessary hate, but I actually liked the Incredible Hulk. I think it was a pretty good film. Um, we then move in to Iron Man Two. Um, Iron Man Two is another one of those films. I think it's on the lower people's lower tier of Marvel Cinematic Universe films. MCU films. Um, I don't have too much. Again, I think the worst Marvel films are still better than most other combo films we've ever gotten. So right. while not my favorite, uh, once again, it deals with different things. It deals with uh, you have, cool. you said what? I'm saying Oh, yeah. So it introduces us to Black Widow. We have our first appearance of uh, Scarlett Johansson as as Nat- uh, Natasha Romanoff. We don't find out about that until the end of the movie. We get um, we also had a change in Rhodey because Terrence Howard played him, and I did not know this while I was doing the research. I did not know that Terrence Howard actually made more money in that film than uh, Robert Downey Jr. did in Iron Man. Oh yeah, he was the, he was the big draw. He was the big money, and apparently he was difficult to work with too. And John Favreau didn't like working with him, and was like, yeah, we don't need to pay him more than we pay. In- Paying Robert Downey Jr., so pay him less. And there were problems with the pay. So they replaced him. They replaced him with Don Cheadle. And yeah. So we got Don Cheadle as and he actually put on the suit this 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 movie as a war machine. You know, and uh like I said, we had Whiplash. Again, I get why people didn't like this film. I liked it for just I, I think the film was just it was it was a, a weird script. I think that they didn't use um, 
work as much as they could have or should right. have. Right. I think it just, I think it was kind of sequelitis. Like we've seen that problem in the past with superhero movies in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, where absolutely. The sequel stumbles because they're trying to recreate the, the, the thing that got them there, but at the same time differentiate it. So this one, you had another armored villain and kind of, you kind of went that route. And I think audiences were happy with it, but they also, we didn't know that more was possible. So mm-hmm. I think hindsight's been very cruel to Iron Man too. But at the time, it was fine. It wasn't like no one walked out being like, well, Marvel's fucking done. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, and we got some, we got some cool, cool shit. I mean, that the suitcase, uh, the suitcase suit for uh, Iron Man. No. That was pretty fucking dope. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, uh, Sam Rockwell, Justin Hammer. Yeah, Justin. Oh, man. Yeah. Justin Hammer was fun as shit. Yeah, I love it with that scene where War Machine is gonna. I can't remember what they called it, but Justin Hammer put that shit in his suit and he was like, I'm gonna use this, and it didn't fucking work. Well, the ex wife, (laughs) yeah, the ex wife. (laughs) Oh, that shit was great. Oh man. Um, so then we got back into uh, adding in so 2011, we had the two last uh members of. You know uh, the 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 core group of Avengers. Remember, Trinity. The, yeah, really. If you think about it, the Marvel Trinity. Yeah, the Soldier, the Prince, the Knight, mm-hmm. the Big Three. So we got uh, Thor and Captain America here, and and so I also want to point out that Marvel is something great because if you look at the cover of Avengers number one, it's all these characters. They replaced uh, Hank and, and Janet with. Uh, Hawkeye and and Black Wid- Widow, but other than that, you got the the big four. You got Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, the big three. Iron Man, oh, and Hulk, so big four. Um, in here, so Thor takes us to Asgard. Uh, Kenneth Bra- Bragna, and again, people, again, I, I think again for what it was, Thor's another one of those characters where you're just like, I guess we're gonna do Thor. I don't know how we're gonna do Thor. But they say they're going to do Thor. I mean, at this point, I, I I still don't think people are really sold on the MCU at this point. But we're interested, right? We're like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see where they're doing. We'll see where they're doing. And they give us Thor. And they, they give us Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Now, uh, and I'll bring this up more when we talk about the Avengers. But if you have not listened, watched um, Cabin in the Woods and watched it with the director's uh, the director's cut with the director's commentary. I believe it's um, uh, uh, what's what's the guy's name who drew, drew Goddard? Drew is Drew Goddard and is Joss Whedon talking about this. But Chris Hemsworth is in that film, and I don't know when they recorded the, the like. So I I think they recorded it after he'd been cast for Thor, but they were talking about him like before because they cast him, and I think they shot that film way before he had ever been cast. And so when they when he came in to do the 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 um, audition for the character in Cabin in the Woods, Josh Whedon was like, "That's Captain America right there." Like that that's Captain America. Like he was like a month later, he went out and he auditioned for Thor, and he got Thor. Like he knew he was he's gonna be he's gonna be one of those characters. He's gonna be one of these characters. That's what you got to get. And um, yeah, so they got this guy Chris Hemsworth as Thor. You get us. Anthony fucking Hopkins. Like that's the other thing too. I think that started happening with the MCU is 
They tried to get in some big name actors, not in the title roles, but in supporting roles. And you're like, huh? You got Anthony fucking Hop- Sir Anthony Hopkins, is fucking Odin, and you're like, fuck, he looks like Odin though. Give Yo, one Cap's of- boss in Captain America was uh, Tom Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, but I- yeah, I think Thor was people again maligned the Thor films, particularly well, not not so much Thor one and Thor two, but Thor one for me. It was a Thor movie you had to have. You have to tell the origin. And you have to tell about the 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 needing to be humbled by coming to Earth. You, that's the Thor story, kind of the requisite Thor story. I, that's the thing about all three of the first, the ones of phase one. They felt like the movie that you have to tell to tell the rest. They're all, the, other, other than the Incredible Hulk, they're all the origin stories of the characters. And they follow them pretty fucking well. And not even origin stories for the characters, the origin stories for the universe. Yeah, yeah. Because Tony's dad ties in the Cap, and Cap's Tesseract ties in the Thor. And so they all kind of feed each other, and then Thor has him trying to steal back his hammer and getting put down by Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Like They make all these pieces matter, and they all... So my, my favorite example, and one of my favorite things that San and Jack ever did was they put Fantastic Four... They put the backs of building the background of a Spider-Man panel. Mm-hmm. And that's what this all felt like. It felt like, oh shit, you know, this isn't actually a call to Thor, but that Tesseract had an Odin in the flashback. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, uh, uh, Captain America's dad, uh, the guy who worked with Captain America, his last name is Stark. I, he's got to be Tony's dad. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they were doing the same thing with the after credit scene. So I believe oh, the, after oh, credit, the after credit scene of the Incredible Hulk, had, I think, had... Tony showing up talking to Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man two. What did Iron Man two after credit scene was? That was fuck. I can't remember what that one was. I think that was him saying that um, it was when he he talks about all the hot spots around the globe. Yes, yes. And he says, "Well, about this team because you're not fit for the team. We want you to consult." Right. Right, because then they did the consultant for yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thor. Had the after credit scene with Selvig, uh, Nick Fury showing Selvig the Tesseract. So when we get the Tesseract for the first time was in Thor in the after credit scene there. No, and no, 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 no. I thought it was. Was Thor before Captain America? Yeah, Thor was before Captain America. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, so so we got we got that, and then what happened? Then we get the Tesseract actually being a part of Captain America, where again in unconventional casting, they cast Chris Evans. Well, and also. They subtitled with the first Avenger. The first Avenger, yes. Yes. So again, everybody was waiting to see who they're going to cast for for Captain America. Who's going to be Cap? You know, because you need to have Cap to do Avengers. So who's going to be Cap? And they went and got a guy who was best known for being Johnny Storm in the failed Fantastic Four films. Hmm. But here's the thing. He was good in those films. <laughs> He was good in the losers. He was good. He was good in everything. I I can't remember when. I'm trying to see now when he did that film. When did he do Scott? When did Scott Pilgrim come out? Ooh. Because he was good in Scott Pilgrim, and I was watching. I was like, "Fuck!" I think Scott Pilgrim. Wait, Scott Pilgrim came. Out, I know what Scott Pilgrim came out the year before. So Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim came out the year before, and he's in Scott Pilgrim. And I'm like. I don't know, guys. I think Chris Evans can actually act. I think he can actually do this. He might be able to pull it off. 
wait, now I'm Lucas Lee. Yep, you're right. Yeah. I got to watch Scott Pilgrim again. That's, that's a great movie. That's a fucking great Because you know what? You know who else is in it? Brandon Roth. Oh, Brandon Roth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically playing Superman. Yeah, vegan Superman. <laughs> but yeah, you're like... I don't know, man. They're gonna get this. They're gonna get this guy who played Johnny Storm as Human Torch in those 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 shitty ass Fantastic Four films. I mean, I guess. And they did it, but then 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 they also did some other things too. Like they did the one thing where they they started playing. They started innovating technology, right? Started doing things like. Um, well, actually, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves because there is one thing that happened. I think definitely helped here. When did Disney buy Marvel? I do believe. Let me make sure. I don't want to lie to you. Disney was per, Disney purchasing Marvel was, huh? Because I want to say it was around. It was in phase one. I want to say it was two thousand eight. Yeah, I think so too. So you know, Disney had bought Marvel. So once again, you have now you're getting Marvel money behind some things. Oh no, it was two thousand ten. Excuse me, two thousand ten. Um, but they did this thing where they, they put, they basically shrunk down Chris Evans' body and had his head. So he had this large ass head on the small ass body, but it didn't look too weird. Right. And you have him as this as skinny Steve Rogers. And it's a scene that they, that I feel like they've used in almost every film with him doing the, you know, I can do this all day. They did it in civil war and even a little bit, you kind of you kind of feel he wants to say it, but he's he's kind of a little focused too much when he's trying to go up against Thanos right now. Where you you get this story of this 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 guy who's got untold bravery and and heart, but just doesn't have the body to to, to live up to that. And you introduce us to some gems here. We get Sebastian Stan as Bucky, which comes back to. Payoff, huge. <laughs> yeah. Later on, um, Haley Atwell as 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 Peggy Carter is turned into two seasons of of Agent Carter, which should have been way longer because fuck, she was she's just great as that. Uh, like you said, they, they gave us um, uh, Tom Lee Jones as uh, in this movie. You got uh, what was my nan name who played? Um, I always call him a- Agent Smith, uh, who played. Um, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving as as the Red Skull, who looked like the Red Skull. You know? <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, the idea that, the, the idea that we have to celebrate how much he looked like the Red Skull is insane. Yeah. And it's just... You know, I always say people say, oh, well, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger, wasn't that great. And again, you know, the reviews on those films yeah. were okay, were average. But I'm going to tell you something like that. To me... Captain America, the first Avenger, is when I was like, yo, they're going to do it. So that's my favorite phase one movie. Yes. Um, it captures the heart of Captain America. It, it, for me, it was proof that you can do full comic book on movie because there's nothing cynical or or jaded about Captain America. He's wearing a fucking American flag and he's going to go punch Nazis. And if you can do that and be 100% earnest... In the year 2000 to pull that off? My God. Um, and also, there's one more actor who you haven't mentioned in Captain America the First Avenger who graces our televisions every week now as Damien Dark. That would be Dum Dum Dugan 
portrayed. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Neil I forgot about that. I, I forgot. I forgot he was dumb, dumb in the film. I, I really not just in the film. In all the subsequent appearances, he was also in the Shield. He was also in Agent Carter. I completely forgot about that. You're right. It's yes. like just hitting me as I was, was prepping for this. I was like, oh my god, that is amazing. And we should also mention. We should also mention we we got him in two two of these films, maybe three. Phil Coulson, Clark Gregg. You know, being a connective tissue throughout this. And so they were using, they were using, they were doing things that we hadn't really seen before in movies. We we were getting this connective tissue between all these films, the things that were connecting us, weaving us between, building us up to this Avengers, not knowing what, it, it, it got us in the theaters next, next week, because even if you didn't like one of the films, you still went to the next one because you were like, well, what are they going to do next? Who's going to show up next? What are they going to do next? It's like, all the stuff that happened in our minds, like the stuff that we would do when you were like, well, what if Iron Man showed up in this one? What if this happened? The stuff that used to be things that we just said to ourselves that we knew would never happen were happening. Because, again, this is a time when we have had a ton of Superman films, a ton of Batman films, and neither of those characters had ever been in a film together. And so to us, we just felt like there was never going to happen. And this was this was the WB who had these characters who could have done it at any point. You're going, well, they're never going to fucking do it. So if they're not going to do it, there's no way that Marvel Studios is going to do it with the fucking Avengers, whatever. And then you get the end. And and, and then the thing that really makes me like like especially with Captain America, the first Avenger. They ended it the way you had to end it. You're like, so are they going to end this film? They're starting in the, in the past and during World War II. Are they going to end it with him crashing into the ice and being frozen? They're not going to do that shit. Oh, fuck, they not did that sure. shit. Oh, fuck, they did that. Of course they did. Even down to the fact of, of, of Bucky falling off the train, people are going, oh, they might do the Winter Soldier. I remember telling people, no, they're not going to do the Winter Soldier. Are you fucking out of your mind? No, Bucky's dead. Bucky's dead. Yeah, Wrong. The only reason I was against, I, I was on the opposite side of the EU is because when he got taken by Hydra, he's the only one who woke up in a lab by himself. Mm-hmm. That was the first time he's altered by um, Zola. Mm. And the fact that they did that <laughs> in the first fucking Avenger. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a second here and talk about Phase 1 and the variety of artists that they worked with um, behind the lens. So, first Avenger was... Notably, the gentleman who, um, Jim Johnson, who brought you the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. And it felt like the Rocketeer. And it felt, exactly, it felt like historical action. Kenneth Branagh to bring the Shakespearean weight and, and, and depth to the world of Thor. And then John Favreau on, on Iron Man. Who's going to bring that kind of sleekness, that kind of flash you have to bring to Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. They found auteurs that worked with what they were going to do, who were able to take what the vision that Marvel already had and enhance it with their talents. Oh, and also two names that we don't mention enough. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. These are two of the writers that they were, they they first were writing on Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, You see them again and Thor, the dark world, the winter soldier, um, civil war. Uh, I think they also wrote uh, the writing infinity war here. They work really, really well with the Russo brothers. Like, I remember when I did an interview with the Russo brothers for Civil War, he was talking about working with them, and he was like, he loves working with them. Like, here's the thing. When it was, it was also around this time, and was it around this time, or was it, I think it was around the next next phase. So you're getting this talk about Marvel not working well with creators and things like that, and it wasn't true. It was, 
if if you if if you fit their plan, they'll work well with you. You know, that's what that is. So yeah. Uh so yeah, they they got directors that fit the feel. And so the 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 after credit scene of Captain America the First Avenger it's honestly like I know we're going to talk about more of these movies and it probably doesn't hold this distinction anymore but when I talk about my favorite Marvel movies First Avenger is always in the conversation mm-hmm. it, oh, and people say oh corny shit that's fine guess what Captain America it's fucking corny it's a corny concept well, they, went, they, went concept. Back, they, they went back to the World War 2 stuff and so that has to be corny they, mm-hmm. they covered its origin which is I'm sorry like to me I'm not going to fault a property for taking the feel of what their origins are. And the fact that they didn't run from their origins is why we got to where we are with the MCU, the Marvel Studios. They did not run from the... the and here's the thing. I, I think Foggy's come out and said, it's like, listen, because I used to think this too. Foggy was like, no, it's wrong. It's like, and, and I think this, this, this is how they got to go. He was like, listen, if Thor and if Thor and Captain America First Avenger failed, we were still going forward. And that's another one of the mentalities, I think, that... Marvel Studios has that no other studio has. We've seen it with um, all of them, Fox, Sony, and uh, and Warner Brothers. When they come across some adversity or something happens, they immediately want to run and change from their fucking plan. They don't stick to their guns. They see a shiny object over here. Oh, R-rated film made over here. So now Fox is going to do all these R-rated films over here now. Oh, um... X X three f- fucking fails, so now we're gonna reboot or not really reboot, or maybe we are gonna reboot, or is it a reboot, or maybe it's a sequel with first first class. They don't really know because they want to play the f- fence. Um, Sony Sony, which made money off of uh, Amazing Spider Man two, completely shuts down and completely went to shit because they over they were overspending on the film. Uh, production wise uh, marketing but marketing and production wise that somehow 750 760 million dollars wasn't enough enough for them so they completely shit the bid over the entire universe they were going to create and then we see what happens with WB and DC nobody fucking knows what's going on over there I can't even get happy over news like Ava taking over uh, the new guys because I don't know if she's going to stick around because who the fuck knows what's going to happen at DC it's like they don't stick right they don't stick to their fucking guns Meanwhile, Marvel's stuck to their guns. There's only one film of the ones they've they've announced that hasn't been on the schedule. That's Inhumans, and we know what happened with that. Outside of that, every other film they've announced, everything, everything they stuck to the schedule. Even down to the point when they add in Spider-Man later on down the line, they just took all their films, moved them down one date. It was that. It's a well-oiled machine that you do not see anywhere else. More importantly, it's a machine with a very clear purpose. Translate that, pointing at the four color, to that, pointing to the big screen. Mm-hmm. That's what this machine does. We take the best of that, we make it fit to that. And there's no, there's no, oh, I want to tell a different, cool, man, get off the, get off the, get, get out of here. What? You've got to go. Right. Don't but I've got my own, that's cool. I want you to bring your flair to it, but that to that is the plan. <laughs> but I want to do something. Then you have to leave, Edgar. Also, starting starting at Iron Man Two, Kevin Feige, producer on all these films, head head on to in charge. Because because by the time Iron Man Two comes around, by the time okay, so 
Iron Man drops. I imagine they'd already started pre-pro on um, on Hulk. Probably deep production on Hulk, yeah. which wasn't fully Marvel Studios anyway. Mm-hmm. So let's have Iron Man 2 drops and he's a producer. They know it's viable. And they say, hey, those ideas you had, throw those out. They're too small. Think bigger. Now. And here we are. So then Avengers comes. Oh, nigga, look. Oh! So first of all, going back to Captain America First Avenger, the after credit scene of First Avenger where um, Steve Rogers wakes up in, in, the, in, uh, in the present day and Nick Fury's there. And I will never forget sitting in the theater wait, wait, when they kick off basically the mini teaser trailer for the Avengers. And it starts with Cap hitting the bag. And then, you know, Nick Fury basically telling him, no, I'm trying to get you to, to trying to get trying to save the world. And they kind of go to the thing. And you get that first scene of Cap, Iron Man, and Thor sitting at the table together after Nick Fury says, Gentlemen. And that's when you knew it was like, they're fucking doing it. They're fucking doing it, guys. They're gonna fucking do it. They made this film. I remember when Josh Whedon got announced. This is again. Josh Whedon, I mean, look, we talk about Josh Whedon all the time, and I know his name is, you know, not the name you want to talk about in recent memory. But, 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 before all that, mm-hmm. this is this this the guy who did Buffy. This is the guy who did Dollhouse. This is a guy yeah. who, who was known, he was known for having his films, his movies, uh, his TV shows canceled by Fox, uh, Firefly. He was known to be a genre creator. Right. Uh, this is a man who not wrote... Not a box office draw. No. This is a man who wrote... Uh, one of the best X Men series, Astonishing X Men. All right, but people were like, "Oh, I don't know about Josh Whedon as the director and writer. I don't know about this, guys." I remember the first screen test out of it had people saying, "Well, you know," and not not like screeners, like people like us, but like like for exactly like they weren't sure if it was cinematic enough. And then the movie drops, and. Literally, nothing was the same again. Like nothing was really the same after Iron Man. We just didn't know. But when Avengers, when the Marvels, the Avengers dropped though, it became the first film to ever cross a billion dollars. The receipt. Say it one more time, please. The first film, the first superhero film to cross a billion dollars. It, the receipts that weekend. Like we talk about, what we saw the receipts for. You know, we, we, we've gotten there with, with Black Panther again, but it made over $200 million just opening weekend. It was disgusting. And at that point, like, this is this is around the same, t- this is the same year that Warner Brothers dropped um, uh, The Dark Knight. So I believe The Dark Knight also crossed a billion as well later on. But immediately every other studio got shook because, again, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was a risk. It was a huge risk that nobody, up to that point, people were seeing, weren't seeing the payoff you would expect. Because again, going back to Thor, Iron Man 2, and, and Incredible Hulk, none of them made the money that you were seeing from things like, you know, like even, so Iron Man 2 made $600 million, uh, $623 million, right? None of those films were touching the Spider-Man films. They were doing better than the X-Men films, yeah. But nobody was talking Spider-Man money. Then the Avengers came out. 
the Avengers came out and it's like, what the fuck did we just watch? What no, it's not what we just watched. It was, oh my God, they put the comic book on, tele- on, on the movie. The shot From the opening scene at Pargus Pegasus establishing the villain to the destruction of the same project with the chase scene ending it to Loki infiltrating a fucking opera or excuse me, infiltrating a museum to opera in the background. You were made to be ruled. To the, the big three fight in the woods. Dude, like, dude, that, Thor, that, that, Iron Man, that, and Captain America fought in the first hour of that movie. Dude, Fuck you if you don't like Avengers. Dude, it, it, it was amazing how it showed up. Like Thor shows up, takes Loki, knocks Iron Man back. Jumps up and leave, and Iron Man's like, "Fuck this! Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> and I'll never forget. Steve's like, "Yo, we need a plan. I have a plan. Attack! I do have a. We need a plan of attack. I do have a plan. Attack!" <laughs> and then Natasha going like, "Hey, you might want to set this one out." <laughs> and then Cap jumping out of the fucking air like it's just like this is a fucking film. Like you're watching this shit going, "I can't believe this shit is happening." You know, I can't believe this shit is happening. And I'm sorry. billion fucking dollars. Every other studio was shook. How the fuck did Marvel fucking studios come out of nowhere? Again, their last film didn't make that. um, What what did did, um, First Avengers make? First Avengers made $370 million. The other studio's probably laughing. The other studio's probably... (laughs) Look at little Marvel Studios. 1.5 billion fucking dollars. Because what Marvel understood and what other studios still fail to get, they're not... People aren't coming back for the spectacle. They're coming back because they care about these characters because Marvel made you care. That's why you always hear people say, well, I don't care about something. So I'm like, yeah, you do. You care enough not to say say you don't care. Oh, you care. You care. You care. Because even if you don't care about the character, you then want to see them fail. You want to see them. You want to see something happen to them. You not caring actually fucking cares. Um, so that ended phase one. Phase one, 2012. May 4th, 2012. Is when everyone realized, holy shit. We've wasted four years. <laughs> we just came, here and spun we, our fucking tires and didn't see what they were building. We lost a 3-1 lead in the finals. And that's really what happened. Because at this point, there was no stopping it. Look, I like Iron Man 3. I do. I, I, I enjoy Iron Man 3. I like I, it a lot more having watched it after the first time. Okay. I, I like Iron Man 3. I like, the, I like the story they told in it with Tony um, I think there's definitely a lot of things happening. I think I think Iron Man three and going into phase two. Phase two to me, I think, is when they realized certain things. They started playing with some things. They also realized certain things worked and what didn't work. But Iron Man three probably shouldn't have made a billion dollars. Iron Man three made a billion fucking dollars because the Avengers made a billion fucking dollars. True. And say what you about the Avengers in phase one and but do you to this point this is this the story that's being told is that of Iron Man. Oh, yeah, the entire story. This and is, that's why I like Iron Man 3, I think, more than a lot of people do, is because it is a lot of, I don't want to say franchise, because no other franchise has gotten this far, but a lot of even comic books wouldn't deal with the fallout of a big event like that. 
Yeah, the no. fact that Marvel was like, we're going to tell you a two-hour story with lots of bells and whistles, but it's basically Tony Stark experiencing PTSD. Yeah, it's a Tony Stark PTSD story. Like, it is... Like, it, it, that, that, that's as much of a, them taking a chance or a departure from quote-unquote formula as Winter Soldier or Civil War was. Tony Stark almost died in Avengers. Remember, he's not a soldier. He didn't want to do this. Right? Remember what Cap says to him? It's like, it's the first time you ever lost a, lost a soldier in battle? It was because Phil Coulson got killed. Loki kills Phil Coulson in, in Avengers. Um, also, we have the Tesseract, and we have Loki's staff, which we'll get into this later, but uh, two Infinity Stones we find out later on. Um, that'll come back later, guys. Uh, so Marvel's like, we'll be back. We'll, we'll, we yeah, we'll, 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 we'll deal with that. We'll, we'll be back with that. Um, so you have Iron Man 3 with them. Do it. Iron Man 3 made $1.2 billion. So now studios are super panicked because now you're like, okay, okay, you know, no, 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 fine. The Avengers was a fluke. The Avengers was a fluke. They brought the character together for one time. People had never seen it before. $1.5 billion. We're good. We're good. We're good. All right, fine. Iron Man 3 comes out. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever. $1.2 billion. They've now made $2.7 billion in two movies. Oh, shit. We're fucked. (laughs) Oh, shit. There's no stopping this. Because Iron Man 3's reviews were, again, average. Average. Um, I think also something Marvel learned was about their marketing that time because yes, they gave us that scene with all the armors, and so even me as a nerd, I spent the entire movie waiting on that scene, and it's an Act Three scene. Now, if you see things that aren't in Act One in a movie trailer, it's because Marvel's here to, to trick you. Like if you watch the Avengers trailer, Infinity War trailer, which we're talking about later, at one point Tony says, "What's his name again?" and Gamora says, "Thanos." And you don't realize that those are two different scenes. Completely different scenes. I picked it up immediately. I'm like, he's not like, talking about that. That happened in space. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. These like, two are the same but, but you're absolutely right. I think I think Iron I think Iron Man 3 taught them about marketing. Because they went too far. They were they were feeling themselves. And so they went too far with the marketing, gave too much because people were making like this is also when so so phase two to me, I think is probably people's least favorite phase. And they have some people in there that like it, but I think it's because the anticipation, and I think Marvel was getting used to not giving people too much. Like at this point, everybody was. Tr- Marvel then gets to that part where you're. It's like <laughs> I gotta hit this up now. So UMBC, my alma mater, beat uh, Virginia. You know, sixteen uh, seed beating number one seed. Really? Yeah, I know. I just something, something weird happened. No, it was weird. Um, but I think that what happens with something like that is you then get like hype. You start like being like, oh man, we got. Like I anticipate tonight that they're gonna they're probably gonna lose. And but it's going to be also a lot of uh, anxiety, and they're going to be going like doing, trying to do too much because you're trying to relive that moment before. And I feel like Phase Two was a little bit that way, but mostly with the marketing. And so I think after this phase, Marvel learned that listen, we're one not going to give too much away in the in the in the in the trailers. We're also going to start cutting those trailers a little bit differently. Uh, so that people can't figure things out. Because with Iron Man 3, people were making up whole stories about what was going to happen. Like, people were trying to say that uh, Tony's after credit scene of Iron Man 3 is going to be Tony Stark going into space to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, there was a whole big rumor and things going on there. And then a dude from um, Latino Review, Latino Review was going to, had a whole breakdown of all the different armors and what they were, what they were called. And we didn't really get any of that in the film. And so I think a lot of people had expectations that weren't met. And that's what happened with that. And so Marvel starts finding in, in phase two that they're, they're now, they don't have any 
They're, they find out that they're competition to themselves. They have no equal. So they're now battling their own anticipation for their own films. Anticipation and well, expectation for their I think, I think that's something that, that we can really also come in Marvel for is that they never let this fan speculation. They have a plan and they're sticking to the fucking plan. I think too often we've seen people that didn't have plans. This actually famously happened on Lost mm-hmm. where they would actually be reading the message boards and like, how should the story wrap up? They've got a plan. And what they've run into is people trying to fantasy book in their own head because like you said, the anticipation gets so strong that if it doesn't fit the preconceived idea of what I thought this movie should be, it's not good or not right. Or they did things that Marvel did wrong or balls drop. Like, no, 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 they're telling their story, asshole. They're not telling your story. It doesn't make them wrong. It makes you a hater. And so yeah, I think that while you're right, the, the voices around Marvel got louder. It became clearer and clearer that, Marvel was like, we're gonna do what we're gonna do on our clock. Fuck you very much. Yeah, we have our plan. We're not gonna we're not gonna let outside forces dictate our plan. You know? And I think that was a smart thing on the movie. Going real quick back to the Marvel's Avengers, a couple of things that really I loved about that movie, and I think we were seeing things that we didn't think we would see. It's just the way they did certain combo panels. One, the I'm always angry moment when you get Hulk punching the Leviathan. Like and the way that scene is shot, when you watch it, like he morphs and he punches, like it is just it's straight out of a comic book panel. Like if there's one thing that Josh Whedon did with that, is he took the, he literally took the comic book panels and put them on screen. Um, my another favorite underrated scene, the time when uh, Iron Man comes down and it hits uses beam on Cap Shield and Shield and, and he uses it to take out some of the Chachari. Like it's such a quick well, scene. That, it's that whole. That one single shot where you get all the yeah. Avengers. Yeah, it's, it's and it's it's again something that we had never seen before, and they did, it and you're just like, holy! I had, I had friends who aren't superhero nerds, like who are just film nerds who are like I gasped. I'd never seen that shot before. Yeah, it was it was an amazing thing to see. So anyway, going back into the, the rest of films, uh, we then go to Thor: The Dark World, which I think is probably the least favorite of all the MCU films. It's the weakest. The weakest it's film. The weakest. Um, it, it, for me, it's just, they, they wanted to do what Ragnarok did and take the story off of earth to make it stronger, which yay, good idea. But boo, you took us to a place that's poorly lit and like, has a very recognizable or identifiable villain. And I don't know. It felt, it just felt messy. It, it was a little bit messy. And I also think that they didn't fully commit to that. What you said, like Ragnarok took us completely off of earth. Thor the Dark World really didn't because the final battle, while they do go to the different realms, it's really still set on Earth. And yeah, but so, the majority of the film I'm saying is, is right, Asgard right. And, the, and the other realms. Right, right. So it's like, you know, and so in this movie, you know, we have Frigga dies. We also get another Infinity Stone, the the Aether, uh, in here. Uh, I believe the... Power Stone. I thought the Power Stone comes in... Was it? The no, the, the Aether is the Power Stone, isn't it? No, the Aether is the Reality Stone. Thought I had this written down. I think I'm pretty sure they're, they're yeah, ether is reality. Power, power is the uh Nova Cone one from Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, and they confirm as a, 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 a infinity stone in the after credit scene when they take it to the collector. Um, and so, uh, yeah, cause they, they and then they also confirm that the Tesseract is another stone, they don't say which one. Well, they had already kept the the stone from uh, the Tesseract um, when uh, from from uh, Avengers one, 
they confirmed that uh, the Asgardians were keeping it and they didn't want to keep two of the Infinity Stones in one location. So uh, another thing, too, I want to say in Thor, the, the first Thor movie, I think is when we get the first look at um, an Infinity Gauntlet. It turns out that it's going to be fake. They reveal it as fake. In, <laughs> which I love how they did that. I love how they cleaned it up, though. I love how they cleaned it up. Yep. Because I don't think it was probably supposed to be fake originally. But they figured out a better way to do it. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to make it fake. It's fine. And, and you know what? It works. Worked out. Um, and I didn't even know this, but apparently the one that was in Thor was a right-handed one. And the one in that 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 uh, Thanos puts on at the end of uh, Age of Ultron is a left-handed one. I was like, oh, so it really was fake. Oh, okay. Oh, so, yeah. Huh, not bad. Not, not, not bad. Um, we then get one of the movies I think people still to this day. And... I, I had mixed feelings about people loving this movie so much, not because it's not great. I love I love Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Part of me feels like a lot of people who say they love this film so much and put it at number one, even to this day, do it because they think that it's not a superhero film. And so they, I do it because it's my favorite superhero film. Right, but I'm just saying that they, I think they do it because they think that it's that, it's that weird thing that people feel like they need to be tricked out of not believing things are superhero films. And again, I'm not saying this is Marvel's fault or anything like that. I just, I hate those people. Like, No, I see, I see what you're saying, but I think for those people, this was the movie that opened up what a superhero film could be. Yes, I can agree with that. I think it's the recognition, and this was the open and larger acknowledgement that, and this is why it's my number one MCU film, is because the world was forced to acknowledge that comic book doesn't mean one thing. Yes. The comic book can span these different genres, that there are different types of comic books. And Winter Soldier is Flight of the Condor, like political drama fucking spy thriller with comic book, with, with Captain America. And, and Black Widow and Wonder Soldier and characters who, while this story in it's basically a Bourne movie, which would be pretty entertaining, but because we've got in Bucky's case two movies, in Cap's case three movies, in Natasha's case I think four at this point of recognition with these characters, everything matters more. Everything has more weight. You're able to shrug off that exposition of why should I care about these characters and jump right into oh God, don't hurt my favorites. This movie does so much. So we didn't mention this. Here we're going to do, you know, we'll do TV later on. But the year, you know, the previous fall, they introduced Marvel's Agent of Shield. And so what happens in Winter Soldier? And again, they brought in Anthony and Joe Russo. I believe we're doing Community before this. So they brought in two TV guys <laughs> to do Captain America: The Winter Soldier. And they basically reveal that Hydra has infiltrated Shield this entire time. You get the introduction of Sam Wilson. We get, uh, again, more Cap. We get Bucky coming back from the dead at the Winter Soldier. You get uh, introduction of uh, uh, Sharon Carter. It, it's just, like I said, it, it's one of those weird things where people say it's not a superhero film, but I'm watching this film going, this is so superhero. Like, the fights are superhero. Like, I went back and watched that scene of cap one in the elevator where he fights the elevator but to me that's not even my favorite part my favorite part is when he jumps out of the elevator on his shield and lands on his shield because again people are like how do you do that it's not in vibranium motherfuckers vibranium nigga next question he absorbs vibrations that's how he was able to survive but then he takes down a shield quinjet in just a, such a cat fucking way and no, you're just like the scene of this movie is because if we remember First Avenger, it, they definitely downplayed like the the, the psych, psychotic nature of the shield, and we're like, okay, so the shield's kind of okay. 
the opening scene of um, Winter Soldier is this motherfucker taking a boat. <laughs> Did he have a, where's his chute? He didn't have one. <laughs> Yo, that is still... Yo, <laughs> Yo I, uh, yeah. That's another one. Because you know what is also great about it is? The beginning of it is it, it's Natasha joking Steve about not dating. No, the beginning of it is him passing fucking uh, Sam on your left. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so when he jumped out of the seat, he's like, wait, did he have a suit? No, no he didn't. He didn't. But he takes that boat with the quickness. But, like, turning corners, throwing that fucking shield. You're like, oh, but, the shield got done. Well, here, well, here's another thing, too. It was, it was again... Because they do this every time, they upgrade their characters. So yeah. he couldn't really fight in 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 um, First Avenger, or really even he could fight a little bit, but not like he does in this film. And you realize that it was like two years had passed between uh, the end of the Avengers and uh, Winter Soldier, and Cap has been clearly fucking training. And so in in Avengers, remember he put a shoot on to jump out of the plane. Now, granted, he was. You know, you know, not jumping in the water. Not jumping in the water. Right, not jumping in the water. Here, so like, oh, no, just jumps out. And just like, what the fuck? He's not. He, it's like, it's it's simple. They're not even like, like Natasha and him are doing. You can tell they have been working together for a while. Because they're literally, she, when she gets down to the bottom, she's still talking to him about dating. It's like, can we not do this right now? And it's just, but it's everything, man. You get all this stuff in here. You get Zola, you know, and it's just. It's so comic booky. So when I, I, just, I, I get angry when I hear people say, "Well, it's not even like you know comic." Book. I'm like, "Fuck you! This is a comic book. This is the comic book. Like, this is what this is. Like, this is not. This is fucking amazing." Um, and it redefined. It, it not only showed you again what comic movies can be, and again showing that Marvel is again pushing the envelope, but then it also you know showed that yo that Agent of Shield TV show, guys. I think they're trying to do something here. <laughs> Five years later. Still one of the most amazing shows on fucking TV. Um, and, and then, so that's April of 2014. So then Marvel starts showing off. Now, I remember when they first announced they were going to do Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was just like, who? Okay, so right now, it's 2018, recording this in March. I will die. Believing Kevin Feige agreed to do Guardians over a drunken bet. I'll bet about I can make them watch a fucking talking raccoon in a tree. <laughs> Fuck you, Kevin. Stop drinking. Fuck me. All right, motherfucker. Watch the, what, I'm going to put Howard the fucking duck in the motherfucker. <laughs> now you're really drunk. <laughs> Kevin, right, we need Kevin's, to have a talk. Uh, Kevin's done for the night. <laughs> yeah, we, off Kevin. We need to have like, I, so I write shit down when I go to sleep. They got the guy who directed Slither. James Gunn. And you're just like, all right, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, I guess. I guess. Okay, we're going to try that. Who the fuck are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Rocket Raccoon? A talking tree that only says, I am Groot? What? We're not even doing, like, vintage Guardians. No. We're doing, like, the modern incarnation fuck-up Guardians. Alright. It worked. Oh, I no one thought it wasn't gonna work. 
Well, I, you know what? No, let's not say no one thought. At this point, I, I was like, Fuck, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Look, I'm, I'm fully bought in. So I knew it wasn't going to fail. But I do know that this was a lot of talk of the Guardians of the Galaxy might be Marvel's first flop. It might be the first one that doesn't make it. If you take out Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, gross, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, gross more than every single X-Men film ever made. If you told 10-year-old me that, I would have laughed in your goddamn face. Guardians of the Galaxy made more money, Volume 1 made more money than the Justice League film. What the fuck? Studios are in full panic at this point. $773 million. Made a new franchise. Introduced us to Marvel Cosmic. Got Glenn fucking close to not only be in the film, but basically be like, yo, I want to do more. I, I, I can't stress this enough. Before this point, before all the MCU, and even before, like, it started happening a little bit better with when you got Blade and stuff like that. Before then, people didn't want to touch fucking super, superhero films. Nigga, Robert Redford is the uncredited bad guy of Winter Soldier. Fuck this, man. <laughs> Here's another thing, too, a little known fact about Guardians of the Galaxy. They went way over budget. The budget for that film would end up being, and they didn't reveal it until like a year later. I was say, when did we find out? Like, yeah, like we found it like January of the next year. That they went to $230 million. Again, they go all in. This is our plan. This is what we're going to do. Fuck it. We're going to make it work. And here's the thing, Kevin Feige is very involved in this. I remember seeing an interview before where James Gunn was talking about the process of them going through this. And he had, uh, they, they didn't want to say it with Thanos, but you could tell they were talking about Thanos' chair, his throne. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I think um, Gunn wanted to put rockets on it, and, 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 and Feige was like, no, 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 just, it just hovers there. Little lights that hover, that's it. we don't put rockets on it, we don't make it. Like, Feige is a huge nerd. He's very, very involved in this shit. He knows how this stuff works. He is the mastermind behind this. When you pay this man whatever the fuck he needs. Yeah. Because Feige knows that no matter how over a budget you are, the bottom line will, will benefit from us biting the bolt, tightening our belts, and paying the money. Garden City Galaxy introduced another Infinity Stone, the Power Stone. And taught us the... Lar- <laughs> They put a celestial on screen, dog. Yep, gave us the celestials, and we're like, "What the fuck are we doing here? Are we really doing this?" Tom Searcher, fucking, nah. Following the year, Josh Whedon returns, and we get Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm sorry, guys. I still like Ultra. I still like like Age of Ultron. Maybe not better than some of the other films, but it's not a bad film. People keep saying it's a bad film. Uh, I don't think it's a bad film, guys. No. It's not a bad film at all. Again, I think it goes back to anticipation and people's expectations. And people had certain things that they didn't like about a film. But see, this is another thing that I think happens during the MCU 
that's already happening in filming in general, which is people start. We we've gone from people. Like, it used to be that when you didn't like a film or you didn't like something in the film, you used to be like, you still have like, okay, it's still okay, it's still fine, I still enjoy myself and everything like that. We now got into the thing with, with Marvel Studios films, and it, and it permeates to everything else because um, it's happened with DC films, it's happened with Fox films. Like people start like, put it this way. I think that Logan is a bad X-Men film. I'm never going to say it's a bad film. Because it's not a bad film. I think people at this point start have started to confuse their personal feelings for actual the qual- overall quality of a film. And so Age of Ultron is not a bad film. It's another part of the story. It's a part of the story that makes sense. Where you have, you know... Tony and and you introduce us to Quicksilver and and Scarlet Witch uh, and Tony uh, you you see another part of Tony's fears because I think again less of Phase Three I think I think the end of Phase Two to in Phase Three to start becoming more Tony and Steve story but up to this point it's really about Tony and Tony's journey mm. in these phases and in Age of Ultron's a lot of that Tony's mistakes. And and you see the, the 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 way Tony is, where when when Tony believes something, he overcompensates with his inventions and with his ideas, and he's a fixer. And that leads in that can lead to some 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 serious problems later on down the line. Um, so we get. Uh, I, I like I love the Age of Ultron how it advances every plot that we have so far. Yeah. It involved, it, it involved the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like they were recouping those helicarriers for what we see that in the act, th- third act. We get to see what happened when the scepter was stolen. We got to see, like you said, Tony's fears made flesh by creating Ultron. And I think something that they captured about Tony in this film that's true to the comics that I think will carry through and inform what happens in Infinity Wars that Tony's a tinker. Uh, Reed Richards often says that he's the smartest man alive, but Tony gets more done. Because Tony works multiple problems from multiple angles at all time. We gets focused on one thing, completes it, he moves on to the next. Tony's always doing 14 different things. If you read the, um, where I think Infinity War is taking a lot from, uh, time runs out and kind of Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, you get to see him balancing all these different plates. And you ask yourself how or why, but that's just how Tony is. And But it's even at one point in that, in that, in that run... You know the rest of you know uh, T'Challa and Rita and them like yo where's Tony at? He's gonna Tony has a plan. We know he's working on something because that's what Tony always does. Mm-hmm. He's always tinkering on something. Yeah. Um, we also get the the confirmation because there's been a lot of speculation up to this point. The Loki scepter was also another Infinity Stone, and we revealed that inside of it was another Infinity Stone. Uh, we get the creation of Venom, uh, Vision. From uh, uh, Ultron created a new body. He was trying to put himself into that new body, made out of a vibranium. Because he also reveals that um, one of my favorite lines in the movie: uh, "the most versatile, <laughs> most versatile material on the planet." And they made a frisbee out of it. Talking about vibranium and what they did with uh, making a shield, <laughs> a vibranium shield. And we later see that on again in um, Black Panther. They're like, yeah, it is. It it's un, it's unreal what Western civilization has done with vibranium compared to what could actually be done with vibranium. Um, and um, my my biggest problem with uh, Age of Ultron, and I understand why they did it, is the killing of Quicksilver. 
Yeah, but they had to. But guess what? We got a whole bunch of stones that move a whole bunch of things like time and reality. So I'm not saying he's showing up in April, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, right, right, right. Nothing but nothing. Hey, look, I mean, there have been set photos that show that things are going to be changed. Well, we've already we've already know that um, death is not an obstacle. Uh, it's just an obstacle to over, over to overcome in the MCU. So we've already established that. I mean, Phil Coulson took a took a scepter to the chest, and then it's been around for five years. So All uh, heroes don't die; they just smell that way. Right. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I I enjoyed Ultron for what it was, um, and I enjoyed that. Like I said, again, another thing that I think has that has has been a, a staple of these films are they always show their heroes working together. They always show their heroes working together. And something that, again, we haven't really seen a lot in these other films. And again, it's something that these films kept missing. Um, we cap off Phase 2 with... Again, I feel like Phase 2 was an experimental phase. and it was, it, it was Marvel basically saying, let's try something for things out there. So they had put Ant-Man on hold for Edgar Wright. And it just didn't work out. So they get Peyton Reed to direct Ant-Man. And again, I, this is the one where I'm like, I know it won't be bad, but I'm not sure how much money you're going to make off of a fucking Ant-Man film. Like it, it is Ant-Man. And I will say that I think Ant-Man is a, one of their first truly brilliant fucking marketing campaigns. This is where, I don't know if they changed how they, if they sat down and was like, we're starting with Ant-Man, we're going to do this. The marketing campaign for Ant-Man was phenomenal. From the many little Ant Man billboards they put around at bus stops <laughs> that people could find, to uh, putting uh, like images of like Cap Shield and Iron Man stuff like that with a little Ant Man on the, on the shoulder and posters and things like that. Like <laughs> they they cast Paul Rudd. They went with Scott Lang. They did. They got um, Michael Douglas's fucking Hank Pym. Again, you're getting yeah. Like they're getting these talents, you know. Um, eventually, uh, Evangeline uh, Lily for uh, uh, Hope. Oh no, is it Hope? Yeah, yeah, Hope. hope yeah, Hope. Um, and it's just like you know, look, man. Ant Man was good. <laughs> Ant Man was great. Ant Man was a heist movie. Ant Man was didn't quote feel like a superhero movie. It didn't. The crossover was Falcon. Which again, with and, another little s- subtle thing there, you're like, "Wow, they put it. They put a. They put the. Oh, they put an Avenger in Ant Man. Like, what the fuck? Because the end of because the end of uh, Age of Ultron is a new team, right? It's um, what was the team? It's Cap, the uh, Black Widow, uh, Scarlet Witch, and uh, Sam. Falcon and War Machine. Falcon and War Machine, right? I still, I still do wish also in that, in, in that they. They let Cap say Avengers Assemble, and I, I really hope. Has anyone said it yet? No. So I'm really hoping awesome. that it happens in Infinity War. Act three, fucking. It's gotta Four. get Avengers Assemble. You gotta give it to us, man. If they do, I'm gonna fucking cry in the theater, yo. I'm gonna fucking cry. I'm telling you guys, fucking now, tears are gonna come down my fucking face. I'm crying if we get Avengers Assemble in Infinity War. Um, but yeah, Ant Man, man, it's like they did fucking Ant Man, in. Out of it's been a while since the film from from Marvel made, you know, less than like seven hundred million or six hundred million dollars. But for fucking Ant Man, it also had the smallest budget. They only paid one hundred twenty million dollars for it. 
made like 500 something million dollars off of it. And it worked. And they got good reviews for it. Yeah. And that ended phase two. And you're like, okay, they had some stumbles here and there. But for the most part, they, they, I mean, they introduced two big, three big things. Captain America, uh, uh, the Winter Soldier, gave us um, the idea that you could change the, do different genre films with, with superhero films. Guardians of the Galaxy was like, yo, they can do cosmic Marvel and they can take literally characters nobody's heard of and turn them into hits. And then Ant-Man was literally, you can take, no pun intended, the smallest Avengers <laughs> and make them hits. And, and then we came to phase three. And let me just tell you something right now, guys. Right now, phase three is a heat check. Yo, if phase two was like the test lab, phase three is like, here is what we have created. Phase three has been amazing. You start with Captain America Civil War, and it feels so earned. They take the Civil War story from the comics and do it better by giving you a real... And you see how it's been building up. Because you had the conversation between Tony and and Steve in Age of Ultron. You got it there. And you bring back... Again, you bring back Bucky. You introduce us to Black Panther for the first time. Chadwick Boseman. Say goodbye to Peggy. You say goodbye to Peggy. Um... You get a up. You get an update with uh, Falcon's wings and everything like that, and it's like like everything becomes because amazing. Like that opening scene with them taking on the soldiers and their teamwork. It's like that's more teamwork in the opening of this film than all of the X Men films put together. <laughs> it's not even. It's, it's like it's just reality. You get you like I've, I've always seen people like it's so weird, and, and this this is what happens with this. Like because sometimes I find myself not jumping into the debates over. So we're not not bad the base like people the idiots who try to say that it doesn't look good or it's not a good film. Talk about the debates where people are like literally doing the debate between Iron Man and Steve and who's right and who's wrong. And the reason why I stopped getting, coming involved in it, I was like, that was the purpose. The purpose of this, of Civil War, would to get to you can see that both sides had points and get people talking, and it does that. Like you have legit debates over with Steve right. Was was Tony right? Like who was right and wrong in this one? I mean, you know, Tony was the feds, but Steve should have told him that his best friend killed his parents. You know, it's just like it's it's heavy, it's real, and you no, get the villain split. isn't something you can punch. It's the villain of Civil War is distrust. Right, Zemo won. <laughs> Zemo won. Zemo is the first villain in the MCU to truly fucking win and lived and lived. Um, it also, we also find in the year before uh, Civil War came out that um, Sony had had enough and decided to strike a deal with Marvel. No, no, no. I would like to rephrase that. <laughs> what happened was Chris and Devon told you motherfucker. so. Did we not? I mean, since Avengers, so, so going back all the way to Phase 1 and Avengers, there's always been talks between Sony and Marvel. Sony, uh, Marvel wanted to put Oscorp Towers in the background of Avengers, and it just didn't work out in time. Like the the the, the effects were already done; it was too late involved. 
unlike Fox, the relationship between Sony and Marvel Studios had always been kind of nice. Like Sony wanted more to they they gave back the Spider-Man uh, animated rights to hold on to to, to readjust the 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 contract on the live action movie rights. So the, the so we, there I, I, we have been saying for years that there's going to be a deal. It's going to be one between Sony and and Marvel because like they actually have a cordial relationship. The Fox one, we always said that it, you know, long shot, Disney gonna have to buy Fox, and holy shit, <laughs> it might be happening. But so they strike a deal to put do a whole new Spider Man trilogy in the MCU. Um, Marvel can put Spider Man in these MCU films under with Sony's permission, of course, and Marvel would produce a film. Uh, Sony would produce a film, even though they give basically five total creator control because yes. So Spider-Man makes his first live action appearance in the MCU in civil war. And immediately we're all like, this is where Spidey belongs. He's home. Spider-Man comes home. <sighs> it's the happiest I've been in a movie theater. When that title card smash cut to Queens, I think I squealed. Hmm. I'm not, I mean, look, man. And we can say, you know, oh, they've done great. These are the characters. Oh, they didn't need Spider-Man. He's the most popular superhero on the planet. Most recognizable superhero on the planet. And there's a reason why all these movies, all the Marvel formula, if you will, ties back to with great power Mm-hmm. comes great responsibility the, the inciting moment of civil war is act three of age of ultron oh fuck you know what i just realized what? so marvel decided they're not you know because we don't need to you don't need to tell the story of spider-man again and see uncle ben dot again right tony's gonna be the new uncle ben and and peter's gonna watch him die I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't need to. Probably, but like, they don't. The thing is, I mean, they don't need. They don't need to do, to do it. But I'm just saying, it's gonna happen. But I think Tony's Tony's death can have more impact than just on Peter. Oh no, no, it's gonna have. A, it's gonna. Um, it's gonna be an MCU wide thing because he. It's the connective. He's the connective tissue of. Well, I've already, I've already, I've already said this. I guess another show we did, but I think that they're restructuring the new Trinity to be Captain Marvel to play Captain America the Soldier at a time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. Um, Black Panther to play Iron Man, the leader, tech-based hero who, um, whose world informs kind of the look and feel of the Marvel going forward. And then Peter Parker is going to be Thor, mm-hmm. the boy who would become king, who's constantly trying to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And this moment of Peter and Tony on the bed in Civil War probably is going to be the most important Marvel moment going forward for a long time. And we'll talk about some more of those in a second. But I think that with Civil War was Marvel's announcement that not only was our big idea for Infinity War going to come true, we've already planned what's next and you guys aren't fucking ready for it. Nope. Uh, after Civil War, Doctor fucking Strange, which I also like to admit, uh, not admit, but just announced that also made more money than Justice League. Here, here's how incredible Doctor Strange is. It was going in with, with, and again, I, I think again going with the marketing, marketing and PR department of, of Marvel, it they helped lessen this. 
They were going into uh, Doctor Strange with some some whitewashing controversy with Tilda Swinton being cast as the Ancient One. I I think that they, they were able to do what most films that have whitewashing controversies don't do, which is succeed. Because the director basically came out and said, "Hey, listen, our bad. We were we didn't want to go this way because the same thing happened when they did Iron Man three and they did the Mandarin. They were very very aware with Ben bleeping Kingsley, by the way. Yeah, they were very very aware of." the stereotypes and the problematic nature of some of these characters from their origins. And so sometimes they overcompensate. And, and so they did that with the ancient one and they, he came out and uh, Scott Dicker, uh, was it Scott Derrickson came out and said, Oh, listen, my bad. We were trying not to be offensive and we, we, we missed the mark. We're sorry about that. And I hope to do better in the future. It's like, again, just going, looking at what Marvel does and how they handle things they do the things that other studios should do and don't and end up failing because of it. It's like, all you had to do was say, we are sorry for this. We messed up. We're going to do better in the future. People were like, oh, yeah, cool. We're going to watch the film then. All right, you're, you're good. You're good. So it was. And Doctor Strange was a fucking trip. Yo, Doctor Strange is one of my favorite Marvel movies because, and I've talked about this on this network and other places, they didn't do the third act the way they normally do it. Normally it is, hey, we're going to blow up a bunch of shit. Dr. Strange said, mm, what if we just invert it? What do you mean? What if we rebuild a bunch of shit in our third act? Well, how do you mean? And then they did it. Dormammu, I came to bargain. <laughs> what is this? No, but not even that, but literally we get the yeah. image of the city being repaired. Yeah. Yep. As opposed to a city being destroyed. It's such a small, subtle shift, but it's such a thematic. It's basically Marvel doing the big nuts dance in center court. Yes. We do what we want, motherfucker. Like, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also get the fifth of the six Infinity Stones when it's revealed that the Aya Agamotto is the time gem. And... um, yeah, we'll we'll be going more into the Infinity Stones stuff like that when we do our uh, Thanos and Infinity. And the differences between the MCU and the uh, accepted actual. Yes, yes, yes. We will we will be doing that. Uh, the only so that means the only stone we do not know of and do not know where it's at is the Soul Stone. But clearly, we, it gets revealed in Infinity War because the uh, I don't know if you saw the tweet the the tweet from the Russo brothers. It was hashtag Where's the Soul Stone? And I'm like, you fucking assholes! <laughs> you guys are some bastards. <laughs> So um yeah, Doctor Strange. I mean it 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 gets into and so not only that, but I think Doctor Strange and, and, and Ant Man both did something that again this could affect this deal that comes out. They kind of introduce us to other dimensions. Yep. In uh, in the and kind of a multiverse theory in this universe because you know Ant Man when Ant Man uh goes super small and we realize that that Janet is missing so we know that we're going to be finding Janet in this next Ant-Man movie. We're going to be dealing with that and it's kind of similar to what we saw with uh Doctor Strange going through these different dimensions and, and opening these different portals. Um also tying into Agent of Shield of the way that um uh Ghost Rider traveled was very similar to the way that uh Doctor Strange travels and and we do know that the Darkhold was also another one of those books that's supposed to be in the library that the Ancient One had. So it's just like they 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 do these subtle tie-ins here and to a larger world, but at the same time, telling a very it's a very personal story. 
It's a very small story, but still shows as a larger world. Um, it takes up to right up to last year where uh, Marvel started doing three films in a year. Hmm. Perfect Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which then gives us Ego the Living Fucking Planet. Um, I, I, apparently, I've read that they that Fox had Ego the Living Planet and they, they, they switched out. They got Ego when they let Fox change the power set, I think, of um, uh, Teenage uh, Negasonic Warrior. Uh, um, yeah, so they, they changed her power set and they were able to get Ego the Living Planet. And I just, we got Ego the Living fucking planet. On, on screen. With the whole face and everything. With the face and everything. Like... What the fuck are we doing, guys? I, oh, oh, we got Ego Living Planet, and then we also got the original Guardians of the Galaxy. They're showing off. Hi, Stephen, to the end zone. Not to be undone, we then get Spider-Man Homecoming. Which? Oh, God. Oh, man. Sony, you're not... It's Sony, a perfect... It's Marvel. It's perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. So the opening of the film, it's good. Like you're like, oh, okay, cool. We're getting it. They tie it into when the when the Avengers happened and everything's doing them there. But that scene right there in the first like five minutes, when it cuts from um, Michael Keaton to them, because they start the film with the Sony title card. And you're like, oh, okay, it's still a Sony film. Not going to put the Marvel title card and stuff like there. And they cut to playing the original Spider-Man theme with the Marvel Studios title card. Dude, at least once a week I watch that myself. I, I won't lie. I just watch it. Because it, it gives me goosebumps. I'm watching it in the theater during my screener and I literally am getting... I wanted to clap at that moment. Because it's like, this is a studio that gets it. That is such a subtle thing to do. Because who would think to do that? Who would think to change their music, opening music, to be the opening music from the Spider-Man TV show? To put that theme in there while you're running the Marvel Studios. Like, I was I said, at that moment, Sony lost Spider-Man. And they just don't know it yet. Because what are you going to fucking do? You, can, you can't go back. We can't go back. You're, you're you're letting them put you're, you're letting them put Peter in, in Infinity War. Are you guys fucking stupid? What are you guys doing? Like you do realize you're never gonna be able to get him back, right? I, what? Okay, all right, all right. Fucking amazing, right? I I'm still hold it off. They gave a scene straight out of the book. They gave us a new a villain that a Spider Man villain we hadn't seen before. They did all the things that they people were wondering before this film came out. I was like, "Why? Oh no, another six Spider-Man film in sixteen years. Seven Spider-Man film in sixteen years. Like, why are we doing this? Uh, six, six, six Spider-Man film in sixteen years. Why are we doing this? Blah blah blah. We don't need this right now." Then you see Homecoming. You're like, "Oh my god, they did it completely different. <clears throat> we had never gotten a, a teenage Spider-Man before. Like a legit teenage high school Spider-Man. Truly high school Spider-Man." With all the high school Spider-Man problems, we had never seen a villain like, like everybody keeps ho- ho- harping on how good 
you know, Alfred Molina is as Dr. Og, and he was, but like that was so so long ago. Michael Keaton as Tombs was truly frightening. That scene in the car where he basically figures out that Peter's is, is Spider Man, and he's like, "I'll kill you and your entire family." Don't mess with me, kid. And then Peter has to make the decision to either go into the dance or go be the hero he knows he is. Knowing that Tony has already taken a suit from him. Tony has said, you're not a hero. You you, you shouldn't do this. I, I rushed you too far. I did too much. He goes out and does it anyway. Showing that he's a fucking hero. It's like you said, it's it's the Thor moment. Like when, when, when Odin takes Thor's powers and tells him... You're, you no, you you need to you need to humble yourself. Tony took his suit, and Peter proves it. And then in the end, he turns down, you know, coming out and being part of the Avengers and putting the suit on and stuff. Like it's just, it's it was so Spider Man. It was so Spider Man, and you're like, oh shit, this is what I've been missing all this time. I'm, and this is where I look at, again, whether they're in the MCU, and I know they have problems with that, or whether they're out, I don't care. When 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 If this deal goes through and Marvel Studios can make their own X-Men film, guys. And then the last two films that we've already kind of talked about, uh, we've talked enough about these, Thor Ragnarok, which is just fucking phenomenal. And they, for all the talk of the house, you know, the comedy in this film... I think people really just go out of their way to overlook how much devastating shit happens. Asgard gets destroyed. Like a lot of people die in this fucking film. Or his dad dies in front of him. The Warriors three die. Horrible. Badly. Terrible deaths. Thank God Lady Sif was somewhere else. Thank God Jamie Alexander had a scheduling conflict because she would have been dead too. You know? Um, they give us Valkyrie. They give us Hulk. They give us a little bit of the Planet Hulk storyline. We get a we get a we get a we get a, a a moving forward of the relationship between Loki and 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 his brother Thor. We get we get Thor becoming getting the Odin Force. You know, like losing the hammer. <sighs> Amazing. And. I'm not even going to go into this. Like, Black Panther, guys. Once again, hitting a billion dollars. And and again, we, we say about billion dollars, but again, the reason why other studios are, are shook, all the films last year that Marvel Studios made, made over $840 million. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. They're pushing a... They're at the point now where at any point they can make a billion dollars. Black Panther made a billion fucking dollars. They're about to put out Infinity War, which everybody's talking. Everybody was questioning whether, you know, Infinity War make as much money as Black Panther, and I was like, "You guys are fucking crazy." Of course it is. It beat Black Panther's pre-sale record in six hours. They're putting it all together. Bastard Russo's are tweeting out hashtag where is the soul stone (sighs) super rude Thanos in the armor 
Well, let's do this. Let's talk about let's talk about this trailer, yo. Okay, so I normally I always preach Radio Dark, and I always preach, you know, hey, watch it when we watch it. I watched this trailer five times. My God. We're gonna get the backstory on Gamora because I mean you get that scene with you see it it's Thanos getting the young Gamora when he's about to slaughter the rest of her planet. Um, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think a lot of those scenes they've edited out some of the some of the the gems in in uh, in the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet because I'm pretty sure at some point he has to get the the uh the reality stone from somewhere you know so he probably has that if he gets to earth already um you're getting the two assholes meet each other star lord and, and iron man <laughs> I, it, it's just little things little, little things in there like when 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 peter swings down off the bridge and he and he skims along the water and I'm just like, ah, oh, this is gonna be so good. Cap in 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 showing up in Wakanda with his team and Io giving uh Black Widow that look of I'll still fuck you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh what I love about this is I have my theories. I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm scared for everyone. There's a so ton of there's a ton of people that we that weren't shown in this trailer that we know are in this fucking movie. I I just this is literally ten years of the MCU coming together, and as I can't fucking wait for this shit, man. I can't fucking wait. The bleeding edge technology, the bleeding edge suit, you know. Peter putting the uh, putting the uh, the iron spidey spidey suit on, having that. I love the scene at the end with him saying, "Hi, I'm Peter, Doctor Strange." Oh, we're using our made up names. I'm Spider Man. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, no, he really is a doctor, and his last name is Strange. He really is Doctor Strange, you asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's just. I, I can't wait for this man. Like I remember when when they, we first saw Thanos, some people were like, you know, some critics who didn't really know about this were like wondering why he was so big and why they use CGI for some parts. And I'm like, because this is how you're supposed to have your fucking villain like this. Thanos should look like this because this is what Thanos is. He is a he's a titan. He's a mad titan. He's basically a fucking god. You need this. This is the way. This is how. This is the size that Apocalypse was supposed to fucking be. Not the same size as Wolverine. It's like, I can't fucking wait, man. We got the Black Order, who, by the way, I found out, because I was like, yo, we don't know who's playing the Black Order. And apparently Feige's keeping that close to the vest. He's like, oh, you you might oh, recognize him. the that name on the poster, right? Huh? Saw that name on that poster. Uh, Peter Dink- Dinklage is there, so I'm pretty sure he is. Ebony Maw. He is? Who's, I, look, whose voice matters most for the Black Order? Well, 
Yes, but I've also heard. His, well, his power is is manipulation through. Yes, true. What, through, speaking of them, that's why I say true. that. Well, so here's the other thing too. I've also heard that Mark Hamill might have a role too. I wouldn't doubt it. So, I'm, I'm thinking Corpus that. Clay. Huh? Yeah. Or, can you hear him doing Corvus Glaive? Oh, 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 oh shit. I didn't want that one scene from the from what was it from Infinity where he shows up uh, at the court of uh, the Inhumans. It's basically it has his his followers slip their own throats. Like, yo, we welcome death. What's up? You can't threaten me with something I desire. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Mark Hamill is Clark Gable. Ooh. Oh man, yo, I I love the fact that you know the Black Order. It probably has a significant role in this film. But they're keeping them kind of close. Like uh, you get that one shot of them all together surrounding Loki. I'm about to say surrounding Loki, which is a, so. I think they're going to make. I think they're going to kill Loki and make Thor watch. Ah uh, yes. Which which again again going off of what happened in um in 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 Thor Ragnarok, it makes sense because Loki came. Like Loki's kind of made a, and this is, this is even like Loki in the comics. He's made kind of. A redemption arc, so it makes sense because even we saw that in the first teaser, Loki showing the. Because um, we know why they're there, because Loki took the tesseract, so he gives the tesseract up to save his brother, and then is killed. Because remember, Loki made the first original deal with Thanos, and didn't come through, and Thanos does not like failure, and does not like being betrayed, so, by Loki. That time's coming. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's Infinity War. And that trailer, mm, I'm all in on that shit. Then after that, we get a little movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which, I think people are going to yeah. be sleeping on, but um, I'm so in. And then Cap, Captain Marvel, which we're we're kind of they're going to reveal that Nick Fury was a scroll. Always has been a scroll, and they built the shield to defend against Thanos, so that the scrolls can then take over. <sighs> and that will start us off into going into our secret invasion run in mm-hmm. Phase Four. Well, I think Avengers Four does end up in Phase Three, so we'll see when Avengers Four. What happens in Avengers 4, which I think, you know, we do know some of these characters are coming back, but we also know that they're kind of back in time, which I think involves probably the time gym or something, something going on with that, or maybe reality gym, so we'll see. But I definitely think Phase 4, which only right now has Spider-Man Homecoming 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I definitely think Phase 4 involves Secret secret Invasion. Um, Because you're, you're bringing in the scrolls, and... They reveal Nick Fury as a scroll. I mean, that's going to hurt my heart. Always has been, always will be, baby. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Especially if these scrolls don't only change after they die. Yeah, baby. Mm. Here for it. Mm. It's going to be so good. I can't. I'm actually. I'm really excited about Captain Marvel. Yo, I can't wait to see what they do with that. Like, that's going to be. 
So that's all four. That's that's the three phases we have of Marvel so far. With a kind of look forward to the phase four. Um, damn, it took us two hours, but we went through all of the MCU character corner here with this. Um, like I said, I the MCU man, it it has been planned through, and it's something that these other studios just they can't keep up because I don't think they one they don't think they had. It, caught, it, it it blindsided them. Like I said, when you go through and look at what these films did, you can see why other studios are playing catch-up. This took 10 years of planning and 10 years of, even when you fail, even when things are, are not going your way, sticking to the plan, and that's not something that Hollywood usually does. And so what Marvel Studios has done and become a powerhouse, a, film, a, a franchise that makes... $15 billion over 10 years and all they do is make these kind of films it's unheard of and it's why so many I mean we talk about comic book films they're not the only ones that try to make cinematic universes but all these other universes have failed why? because of this they don't plan they don't have that vision and it just doesn't work out for them and yeah man this is why the MCU is so good. This is why when people go, oh, you just stand for the MCU. Yeah, you goddamn right I do. Why Why don't you? They stand for us first. Right. They loved us. I, I'm going to love the people that love me. They love us. They, they, you know, they, they make stumbles here and there. But, man, when it comes to taking the pages off of a comic book and putting them on screen... That's what the Marvel Studios, they have people that are giant nerds. They they embrace them. Like, I remember when, when X-Men first came out, it was a big deal when, you know, big news story when they were talking about how uh, um, Hugh Jackman had to sneak comic books on set to read them because uh, Brian Singer didn't want him to look at the comic because he, he didn't want to taint his vision. Compare that to what we see with the with Marvel Studios. When 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 Brie Larson got picked as uh, got 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 um, cast as as Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, she she did it, her Instagram post had a bunch of Captain Marvel books she was she was she was reading for her research. That's the difference, guys. One embraces the source material. The others don't, and that's what we want. I want you to tell hey tell your own story, you know massage it. Change the details if you need to, adapt it. You know, you got to make those changes. I understand that. But do the source right. Do the source justice. You know, they made changes. Hell, you know, they didn't have Hank Pym create Ultron. They had Tony Stark create Ultron. Now, granted, they did use, uh, it was an old S.H.I.E.L.D. program. It probably means Hank Pym did, did probably have some hand in some of the Ultron early Ultron stuff. But at the same time, the way they changed the story, it, it, it made sense. You use you use the character that, that like Iron Man, and they kind of had the same kind of relationship. They had the same deals, the same issues there. Like it it worked. I don't know, man. Like it's 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 been an amazing to watch over the ten years. Amazing. Amazing. They have turned the Avengers into the top selling comic franchise over all the DC characters, over all the X-Men characters or Fantastic Four. 
and only until recently uh, over over, over Spider Man. Good luck to everybody else, man. Uh, I got nothing else, man. You got anything else you want to say about this? No. Yeah, this. It's been a hell of a run, and they're not done yet. Is the craziest shit in the world. We're just getting warmed up. Like again, you can go through and take different quotes and and and, and lines from the MCU and put them towards this. Like I can do this all day. <laughs> That's what Marvel Studios done. Like it. They could, they could, they could, they they take a licking or will come back stronger the next time. It's like, this is the model for the future. Like I, I want to say I saw this on Wikipedia at one point that I think Fast Company names like in the top, they have listed number eleven on their most innovative companies, Marvel Studios, and for good reason. They're telling stories the ways that nobody has told stories before. They're putting all these characters in Infinity War because they've earned the right to do that. It took them 10 years to get to this point. And now it used to get to the point where we're like, it's too many characters stuffed in this one film. Now, I don't think anybody's worried about that. Everybody's like, I can't believe this is happening. This is going to work. You told me 10 years ago, it's like, this is too many fucking characters. What are you doing? But we all know these characters. We don't need to be introduced to them. We're ready for this. We've been waiting our entire life. We've been waiting 10 years for this. They've, they have shaped our consciousness so that we are prepared. They have made us grow with them. To the point that I, I say one of the things that they could do with bringing the X-Men in, they could do multiple realities at this point because and, 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 and 10 years ago I would have told you that's too hard of a concept to, to get general audiences to, to believe. But I'm like, at this point, between all the mediums that they've done this stuff with, they have, they've trained us. They've trained us to believe this. Um, last thing before we go, I, I didn't mention the, the the Netflix shows and stuff like that. Listen, they're in the MCU. They're not directly tied. I, don't, I, I, I think that's fine. Like, I don't, I know people will always want, wonder why these things aren't directly, more directly tied. I think, again, it represents comic books. Sometimes you, you need your street level heroes to be separate. You don't need to always have them do you know, being involved in that stuff. Like, I'll be honest, the way they... Sh- the, here's the thing. The first time you put the the Netflix heroes into the movies, you then really break all the Netflix shows. Because how? In order for them to not die in the movies, <laughs> you have to overpower them. So the question is how. Now, I am hoping... That some people from H&S Shield make it in there because that could work, and they've done they've done that. We've seen that interaction there before. Um, and hell, we 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 know some people that are powerful enough to ha- handle hang, hang in there. So, um, but um, yeah. So that's what we got here with MCU guys. Holy fucking shit! It's all coming to an end very very soon. But the Marvel, yeah, it's just the next beginning. Yep, the next story, the next story. So, again, folks, uh, this will be out, and then we'll, we're going to go back into doing our, our Batman stuff because we have to finish up Batman. Uh, next, next, next character corner will be Batman. Other mediums. Uh, I, I was talking about this with um, uh, Deep Home before we got on. Uh, I started replaying Arkham Knight, and um, so I got to make sure we add the video games into our other mediums. Cause... <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Um, <laughs> So, 
gotta get that stuff in there and um yeah so uh I'm trying to think of anything else yeah so we, we'll go back and do the two last two uh episodes of batman and then we'll come in with um thanos and the affinity stones and then we'll have uh cable and the summer's bloodline so all that stuff in the next month two months so stay tuned guys make sure you subscribe character corner uh, you can get us on Spotify now, so listen to us on Spotify. And uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been supportive of us and listening to us, guys. We really appreciate it. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.